and uh, I'm on phone calls with them pretty regularly and chat groups with these guys pretty regularly. But there are other youth groups in those places. So there's churches in Missouri, churches in Arkansas. There's actually a couple of churches out in California, some in North Carolina as well. And so for the next few weeks, we thought it would be fun just to do some call-outs to these churches. We want to see what they got going on in their youth space, right? They watch us. They check us out all the time. And we want to just make sure they know, we know that they're watching us. We know they're watching us, right? So what I want to do tonight is every, week we'll do, every other week or so we'll do something like this. We'll do something a little different tonight. Um, so... This is in honor of uh, some amazing volunteers we have tonight. So we have some amazing volunteers, a couple actually, uh, two, a couple that's a married couple, they're volunteer, they're with us every Wednesday night, they're an amazing couple, uh, the Cruises, the Cruises around here, the Cruises, can you guys stand up for a second? Where are the Cruises? There's the one cruise, where's the other cruise? There she is down there, stand up there, stand up so everybody can see you, okay, yeah, Rachel, it's okay. So, so, um. So we're going to do something in honor of them as a call out, a shout out to the other group, commu- uh, to other uh, youth groups in Missouri and uh, in Arkansas. Uh, so what we're going to do is see tomorrow morning early. They've chosen to be here tonight. They're going to be here late tonight, and still tomorrow morning they're getting up early in the morning because they're going to Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Like real, uh, uh, you know, we 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 feel sorry for you. Dang, you know. Right? <laughs> so they're heading out to Hawaii for a week. Gonna have a great time in Hawaii. Can't wait to see all the social media stuff. But in that, we want to do something like like uh, as a, as a shout out, a call out to the youth groups in honor of them leaving for Hawaii tomorrow. So can I ask all of you to stand up? Okay. Here's what we're gonna do. All right, I'm gonna talk to the youth groups on my phone. Then I'm gonna turn around. And when I turn around, I want you all just to scream and shout, go hey! And then we're all gonna do the like the hula hula together, right? Can we all do that? Just practice that for a second, okay? So we're all going to do that. Ready? I'm going to turn around. You're going to shout. Yay, hooray. Now let's do the hula hula. Please, come on. You can do it with me. Come on, shake those hips. Come on, shake those hips. Come on, everybody shake. Now, see, i got a problem already. Because if we're going to call out another youth group and doing this, you guys have to do it. This is not doing it. That doesn't work. Okay? Now, I know some of you may struggle to move your hips. So here's that little lesson, okay? All you got to do, this is called your hip right here. Either side, you use a butt cheek on either side, okay? This thing moves, believe it or not, okay? This moves, okay? All right? Everybody shake a bit. Come on. You know you can. You know you want to. Right? Just shake a bit like that. Right? If it helps, you can put your hands on your hips so you can feel it moving. Ooh, it's moving. Look at there. It actually moves. Okay? Some of you need to get a little loose. A little loose in the caboose. All right? Now, now, when you move your hips like this, all you got to do is do your arms like this. Pretty easy, right? Okay? You can do that. Now, some of you dudes are a little too cool for this. All right? So if you're a little too cool to move your hips and do your arms, then you got to be those, those haka guys up front. Ha, okay? I need you doing that, right? So you got a choice. Either this, ha, or this. Okay? I don't care which it is. But I need to see you practice again because I want to make sure we get this right and we really do it well because you know they're going to bust out something for us, okay? They're going to shout back to us. We need to make sure we do it well. So on the count of three, I want to see you do a hula or a haka, one or the other. Ready? One, two, three. Okay, we got like the first three or four rows, and you guys in the back are like, <laughs> okay? I need to see some movement. Let me see them heads moving, something. Get ready? One, two, three, do it again. Oh, that's better. There's better. Okay, there we're getting better now. We're getting better. We're getting better. Okay, all right. Here we're going to do this, all right? Can we have the house lights up so we can see everybody? Put these house lights up. All righty. So I'm going to just pretend I'm here by myself, Okay. <laughs> All right. You ready? Okay, shh. I'm here by myself. They don't know it, okay? Oh. Okay, the lights are going to come on in a second so you can see everybody. There we go. Ready? Okay, ready? Okay. Okay, shh. Okay, ready? Shh. You're going to be in it. I'm going to do myself and I'll turn around. 
Okay, and when I turn around, you scream and shout, and we're all going to do the hula. Okay, ready? So ready? ready? Okay, ready? Here we go. Hello, guys. Uh, I'm just hanging out Wednesday night. Uh, got a microphone because we're testing out things for the Wednesday night service here. Just want to say hello to you guys. We're praying for you guys. We love you guys. And uh, there's a few of my friends here. They want to say hello, too, and call you guys out a bit. Ah! <laughs> there you go. Now we're going to hula. We're doing a bit of hula dance there. We do hula. We're hula dancing. And we want to see you guys do something back too, all right? See you guys later. Bye. Great. Great. Simple as that. You guys can have a seat. Give yourself an applause. Here's a big pat in the back. Now, I'll send that to them later tonight, and we'll get some response back, see what happens. Okay. We're going to get some kind of response back. So it's, it's just a group of uh, other youth groups. There's probably about, oh, Four or five hundred other students in those churches, different churches like that. Um, and we're going to try to connect with them. We're going to do, later in this year, we're talking about actually um, uh, do a, possibly doing a series of meetings where, where the different youth leaders come to our church and, and speak here. Or and or doing a big Zoom meeting with them, like put them on here and us here. And we get to talk back and forth, ask some questions or play some games via Zoom with them. Just so you get to see their faces, hang out with them a bit. Because as we move forward, we're going to build collectively together, and you're going to see some of their people. We'll, we'll go up there. They'll come down here, all that fun stuff. All right. Just going to build some relationship there. Um, so this week was, uh, for some of us, was a special week. Anybody, anybody, what happened this week that seemed to be special? What was it? Valentine's. Oh, that heart day thing, right? So, so, so there's a thing, like, you know, living in South Africa the last number of years, um, living in South Africa the last number of years, Valentine's Day wasn't that big of a thing. It was like, a, like another day. It wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, and then we moved here to America a few years ago. And when we moved here to America, one, it was like the Friday or Saturday before Valentine's, just before Valentine's, like the day before. I needed to go to Walmart for something. I went to Walmart, and it was crazy. People are crazy at Valentine's. Like whole entire basket loads of stuff coming out. Mm-hmm, got something for my girl, okay? <laughs> or I got something for my boy, you know what I mean? It's like tons of stuff, like everywhere. It's crazy. Are you crazy behind that much stuff? I saw a guy this last week walking in my neighborhood with a teddy bear as big as I was. It was bigger than the boy carrying it. Little dude was carrying it down the street. <laughs> I'm like, my man's going to see his girl already, right, with a bear. I got you a bear, okay, you know? <laughs> You, people are serious about Valentine's Day. And it didn't necessarily, I'll be honest with you, I, I forget about it every year. I, we don't think about it. It's not, it's not like a big thing. Vanessa and I both, we don't, it's like, like, oh, it's Valentine's. Oh, yeah, happy Valentine's. Okay, we don't, just don't think that way. We love each other every day. Okay? <laughs> Me and you, baby, all day. Um, sorry, focus, 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 right, focus. Uh, so it's not a big thing in our house. Um, so we kind of forget about it every year. And then I see these Big acts of love gestures happening coming out of the woodworks. You know, people buying big bears and chocolates and your school's doing stuff and people get all mushy and gushy all over Instagram and all the TikTok and all the kind of Valentine's love is in the air suddenly, right? Matter of fact, just tonight coming in, the fact that I've mentioned Valentine's, mentioned love, some of you already have stopped, oh, that guy, or oh, that girl, uh, man, my heart, right? Straight away, we mention love, and your brain goes off to other things. And tonight, we're actually looking at love, but we're not looking at that kind of love. Because, see, as we spoke about last year, yes, it's going to happen. You're going to get a crush on somebody. Your heart's going to go pitter-patter, pitter-patter for somebody. You're going to see somebody you think you like or you think is amazing or gorgeous or whatever it is. You're going to see those things. It's going to happen. But the Scripture never talks about us having love like that towards, in this age kind of space, throwing ourselves at somebody like that. 
The scripture repeatedly talks about us falling in love with Jesus, though. Now, as you grow up and you get older, yes, we fall in love, we have romantic relationships, we get married, all that great stuff. And yes, it'll happen in due time and happens well and right. But the one big thing we big, big thing I see is that that so many times, many of you guys at this age throw yourself at somebody else in love with them. All your priorities fall to the side. Your friends go to the side, your responsibilities go to the side, and all you think about is this person and to be with that person. And I was thinking about this, and, and then randomly, by chance, I was scrolling through like Apple Music or something, and I saw this very famous song. There's a song by Olivia Rodrigo, right? Oh, my gosh. You'd have thought I just said Jesus was coming in the room or something. Woo, girl. So first of all, I was put through the painful torture of listening to Olivia Rodrigo's album for like 15 hours last year. <laughs> On the way to Missouri with a group of you guys, and for 15 hours, blah, in my ear. I was like, dude, first of all, I think the girl's got a problem, okay? I think she's got a problem. Second of all, I might happen to be on the basslet side. I don't know. I might just, I don't know. <laughs> it's getting political all of a sudden. It's going to be politics. So that's like full on Biden and Trump or something happening here, okay? So, so there's a song that came on, the, on the, when Apple Music I was scrolling through. It popped up. And do you know this song was the only song in recorded history to get 400 million streams before any other song in history had done it. 400 million songs. This song had a Saturday Night Live skit done just about this song. Anybody know what that song was by the chance? Driver's License. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting ready to perform Driver's License or something. <laughs> There's a song, Driver's License. Now, I'm not going to play the song. You've heard it way too much already. Okay, we just got rid of worshiping Jesus. I ain't worshiping Olivia, okay? <laughs> but what I do want to do is I want to throw up the words to this song for a second because I think it's interesting. So these aren't all the words. This is just a few of the words. We're going to read through a few of the words, okay? And I know we weren't perfect, but I've never felt this way for no one. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. Yes, you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me because you said forever, now I drive alone past your street. Oh, my heart. And all my friends are tired of hearing how much I miss you, but I kind of feel sorry for them because they'll never know you the way that I do. Yeah. Today, I drove through the suburbs and pictured I was driving home to you. And I know we weren't perfect, but I've never felt this way for no one. Oh, oh, oh. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. I guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me. Because you said forever, now I drive alone past your street. Man, those are some words. Those are, those are, those are words of feeling. Those are words of emotion. So, so lovingly, I realize we want to celebrate Jesus, but lovingly, I would like to honor Olivia tonight with titling this message, Driver's License. <laughs> because I want to reread re those words for a moment. But here's what I want you to do. I want to reframe them. So here the story is, you've got poor Olivia who's broken up with the basslet dude, and some drama's happening in their love life there, right? 
Someone was bad, someone was wronged, and now they're hurting and crying. He's writing love songs, and she's writing bitter hate songs, okay? Exactly. And, uh, and there's drama going on between them, and they're so involved in this relationship that they've missed Jesus for a moment in this. They missed Jesus. Now, I thought about this. For that moment, when I read the words, I thought, what if? What if we could reframe it? And yet, every word doesn't ring true, but almost all of them do in this phrase here. What if Jesus was singing this song to us? What if Jesus was so heartbroken that some of us in this room aren't fully dedicated to him, aren't right side by side, living our life in partnership with him, he writes this song to you or to us. So let's reread the words with the idea that Jesus is saying this to us tonight. Throw those words back up there again. And I know we weren't perfect, yeah, because we mess it up all the time, right? But I never felt this way for no one. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. Guess you didn't really mean what you wrote in that song about me. Because you said forever, now I drive alone past your street. And all my friends are tired of hearing how much I miss you. Because I'm kind, but I kind of feel sorry for them. Because they'll never know you the way that I do. Today I drove through the suburbs and pictured I was driving home to you. And I, and I know we weren't perfect, but I've never felt this way for no one. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. Changes it a bit, doesn't it? And that's the big question for me tonight. When we're talking about love, is that how can we be so okay sometimes when we're so distanced from Jesus? When our whole life is pinned onto that boy, that girl, the hope of someone coming down the road at some point, the hope of being swept off your feet someday in love, when your whole life is pinned on that, that your life revolves around that, that your emotions swing up and down on that, where someone says hi to you or doesn't say hi to you, says hello to you or doesn't say hello to you, what someone comments and whether how you look or if they don't comment on how you look, whether someone is in the room or not or whether they're not in the room, when our whole life is thrown at that, and Jesus is left on the side, driving through life alone without you. How can we be okay with that? You see, I've been around long enough. That's a long time, right? We know. I'm the old guy in the room. Mark's going to be an old guy in the room with me, though, soon. But I've been around a while, and I've seen many relationships up and down, up and down. I've seen young men and young women like yourselves throw themselves at people. Talk about the boys, talk about the girls, live their life for this. And when it doesn't work out, their life crashes. When the breakup happens, their life crashes. I've seen numerous marriages. Some of your moms and dads didn't make it in the marriage. The relationship crashed. Some of you in this room, your family has had multiple friendship partnerships. Multiple marriages happening. And you don't even trust marriage anymore. You don't trust guys or girls anymore because you've seen them break up things so many times, right? You've seen the relationships bust up so much. And the entire time, Jesus is driving through your neighborhood by himself, driving by your house. When you, you sang those words at youth last week, but you must have didn't really mean it because now I'm alone. You're not here with me. Some of us come in this room every single week singing these words. We lift our hands. This is amazing. This is amazing. And the moment we walk out those doors, before we even finish tonight, you're thinking about the other person already. Jesus has to take the center relationally. 
and everything else works out from there. I'm not saying don't date, by the way. We spoke about that last year. I'm not saying that. Tonight is not about dating. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying make sure the center of our life is revolved around Jesus because the one person, the one being in the entire universe that will never leave you is Jesus. The one that will never stop loving you is Jesus. So tonight we're talking about loving Jesus and how loving Jesus means we love each other and what it means to really love each other, even in the difficult spaces, and how do we do that well. So the verses we're going to look at tonight, <clears throat> the verses we're looking at uh, are in John chapter 13. You can go and throw those up there. We're going to read a lot of scripture, okay? We're going to read almost like a whole chapter just about, okay? Um, we're going to read a lot of scripture because I want you to see the entire story playing out, all right? So follow along with me. It's a long story. I'm going to explain it in just a moment. <clears throat> so uh, this is Jesus now speaking, right? Jesus is now speaking to some of his disciples. They're gathered around uh, in a room called the Upper Room, the Last Supper we call this scene, right? It's where Jesus meets, has a dinner with his disciples the last time before he actually goes to die on the cross soon, okay? And this is some of the words he's speaking to them as he's gathered around this table. They're all hanging out. It's not formal like you see in the pictures, like with a big formal table, and they're all around the table like, oh, okay, right? That's not the picture. It literally is like this real low table. It's, it's uh, in the Middle East, so the table's very low, and they're kind of sitting on pillows and all kind of lounging around like a bunch of friends, just hanging out with them, okay? Just hanging out. Just a bunch of guys, bunch of guys eating, hanging out. And Jesus says this, You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. We're going to do that later, by the way. Um, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I don't want to see some of those feet in this room. Uh-uh. No, no. Um, Verse 15, for I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a master greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. He's talking about a, a piece of scripture back in the Old Testament. And it's a prophetic word that somebody's going to betray Jesus. And that's what he's referring to there. Verse 19. I'm telling you this now before it takes place. That when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. I'm the one. I'm the true one. The Messiah. Verse 20. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. No, you receive me and you receive my Father in heaven. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples looked at one another, dun, 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 uncertain of whom he spoke of. One of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at the table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him, hey, you, 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 you ask Jesus. Yeah, you go ahead, ask him what we're talking about earlier. So Simon Peter, no, no, sorry, go back. <laughs> So Simon Peter motioned him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, because they're, they're guys hanging out, right? Leaning back against Jesus said, said to him, Lord, who is it? Who's going to betray you? Jesus answered, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread, this piece of bread, when I have dipped it. So when he had dipped the morsel, the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him, meaning Jesus, G Judas. Jesus said to him, what you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. So what had happened is in this moment, 
They said, How, who's going to do this to you? Who's going to do it? Who in this room would actually betray you? And Jesus said, the one that I give this piece of bread to. And he takes the bread, he dips it in a glass of wine, which is kind of a traditional thing to do at dinners, and he gives it to Judas. And straight away, Judas knew that he was busted. Because previously, Judas had met with a lot of the chief priests and Pharisees uh, and had basically been paid to out Jesus, to tell them some dirt on Jesus kind of thing, or fake dirt on Jesus to kill him, right? <clears throat> some thought that because Judas had, mon- had the money bag, or he was the guy who kept on the money, Jesus was telling him, buy what we need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out and it was night. So Judas got up and left straight away. Could Judas know he had been caught out? He was the one who was tra- tra- uh, uh, cheat- uh, uh, trading on Jesus. He was the traitor. Verse 32. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another." Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward or later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay my life down for you. I will die for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. So here we have this moment where Jesus says, You need to love one another the way I've loved you. And by the way you love one another, everybody around is going to know you're my disciples. In other words, by the way you love each other, the world will know that we love Jesus. You become a witness and a light to the world around us by the way you love one another. Now what's amazing about this is that either side of that scripture about loving one another, the first part we saw, Judas is getting ready to betray Jesus. Right after he says, love one another, Jesus tells Simon, before I die, you're going to deny me three times. So Jesus has two people who are the closest people to him on earth. In that passage of scripture, two people on either side where he says, love one another the way I love you. On either side of that, he has two people who are going to reject him and deny him. And yet he still says, love me the way I love you. How do you feel about, how do you feel when people reject or deny you? How do you feel when a friend betrays you? Anybody ever have a friend betray me in here? Don't lift your hand. Yeah, me, that one right there. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> we've all, we've had it happen. We have friends betray us. We feel hurt by friends. Do you feel like loving that person when you get betrayed by them? What do you want to do to those people when they betray you and hurt you? Punch them. Got a violent, violent people out there. I want to punch them. These little ones are violent out here. Sheesh. You're watching too many videos or something. <laughs> Listen, I've been on that side. I've been, we've had people betray us before. We've had people lie about us before. I've had, when I was your age, I had people lie about me as well. It hurts. It hurts deeply. Yet we're still called to love. We're still called to love. Now, I'm not talking about dropping your boundaries. And I'm talking about letting people repeatedly hurt you. There are some friends you need to kind of push away from a bit because they keep hurting you over and over and over. You keep letting them hurt you. That's not healthy either. But what does it look like to love people well even when they're hurting you? Well, first of all, we've got a couple of things we've got to establish up front. 
we spoke about already is the fact that loving Jesus means loving others. So if you come in here tonight, you say, I love Jesus. Straight away it means you're required to, you're mandated to. It means the very fruit or the very evidence that you love Jesus that you're going to love other people. It means your life will not be centered around, revolving around you all the time. You're others focused. How do I encourage others? How do I reach out to others? How do I help others when they're in difficult spaces? How do I reach out to others and help them when it's not going great in their life? How do I reach out to others even when they don't believe in Jesus and make sure they know they're loved? That's not easy all the time. It means, first of all, not fighting for what you believe is right. It means fighting for connection. That's the big premise. Because most of the time, our relationships break down with each other when we're fighting for what's right. Olivia Rodrigo and Mr. Bachelet dude, right? They're writing songs, opposing each other. Political parties have formed. This room would be split in half tonight if we said, take a side. And you would violently take a side. I heard their emotion earlier. Yeah! Okay. That's two people that have hurt each other. Doesn't sound like they love each other very much. Sound like the world revolves around them a whole bunch. Now, I'm going to be honest, I'm not saying that's who those people are, because I'm also very aware and very wise, they got some very clever people behind them that help them write those songs and produce those songs, and they know what songs sell. So I'm not saying that's exactly who those two people are, because we're called to love them like everybody else. But I'm saying those songs represent what happens when people hurt each other. We get mean with each other, we get nasty, we tell stories, we tell exaggerated stories about each other. Do you know what I heard? Do you know what I saw? Or we take the truth that's there and we, we frame it just as much towards our side so it doesn't look so bad for us, but it looks really bad for them. Right? That's not what we're called to do. There's a higher bar than that for every one of us in this room. And every time I hear that happening, I'm going to call you out if I hear it. I hope you will call each other out. We've got to live differently because if we love Jesus, and we're telling everybody out there we love Jesus, means when you go into your homes, into your schools, into your jobs, when you're hanging out with your friends, and they know you're a Christian, you've got to live in a way which says, I love you no matter what. Even when you hurt me. Doesn't mean I'm going to hang out with you every day because I know you're dangerous for me now. But I'm still going to let you make sure you know that I love you. I'm going to care for you. If you have a bad day, I'm going to reach out to you. When you love Jesus, we love other people. <clears throat> Second thing it means is loving others is a witness to others. Jesus said that. The way you love each other will let people know you love me. You want to talk about how do we reach our friends? How do we reach out into our families? How do we let your moms and dads know that actually Jesus is real? By the way you love them and by the way you love your siblings and by the way you love your friends. If you're slapping your little sister or little brother all the time at home, okay, <laughs> if you're pouncing on top of them all the time, and your mom or dad are always having to shout at you to get off your brother or sister, that's probably not a healthy witness of how you love Jesus. <laughs> right? If you're the one that's got to dominate all the time, that's probably not a healthy witness of how you love Jesus. If you actively at home are gossiping all the time about your friends in front of your parents, it's probably not a healthy way of showing you love Jesus to your parents if they aren't believers. See, how you behave reflects, how you love others reflects on how you actually love Jesus. 
Is Jesus driving alone? Or are you in the car with him, driving through life together? And the last thing, the last thing. <clears throat> last one, put it up there. <laughs> Loving others is tough. Loving others is tough. We saw before where Jesus told us to love each other and afterwards in Peter's denial. So the story of Peter is this, that they go on after this, and later in the, 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 later in the night when Jesus is going through the whole trial and the whole process before he gets killed, uh, um, Jesus over there is being beaten and abused and everything else. And, some, and then uh, outside the area, Jesus, uh, Peter's kind of hanging around a fire with some other people. And these people are having conversations with Peter. They don't know he's actually a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. They're having a conversation with him. And the one guy says, hey, I, I recognize you. You're, you're one of those followers of Jesus. You're one of his disciples, aren't you? And Peter's like, uh, no, 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 not me. Not me. Uh, not me. No, don't know the guy. And then he says, yeah, you are. You're one of those people. I recognize you. You're one of his followers. Not me. I wasn't me. Nope, not one of his followers. Not at all. And a third person, hey, you are one of his disciples. I've seen you with him. And Peter jumps up. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. And he takes off running and says he wept bitterly and cried. Because the thing that Jesus prophesied actually just happened. Three times. While Jesus is going through the worst part of his life, Peter says, nope, don't know the guy. Cheers. See you later. Peter was one of, one of, one of Jesus' close disciples, one of his close friends. How hard do you think it is in the most difficult space of your life and a friend rejects you? How do you love somebody like that? How do you love the people in your life that have hurt you so much and still not let them hurt you again? Throw that Corinthian scripture up there, please. In 1 Corinthians it says this, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices the truth. Rejoices with the truth. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. That's a guideline of what it means to love people around you. When you're loving people around you, is it be, are you being patient and kind with others? Are you envy or boasting? Envy was like, are you jealous of them? I mean, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit jealous of the cruises, right? I mean, they're going to Hawaii tomorrow, okay? But also, I can rejoice with them. I can celebrate with them. I'm excited for them. Let's hope it's not too nice. Um, <laughs> envy or boast. Boasting is the idea that you're quite proud. It's not arrogant or rude. Look at me. I'm the best guy in the room. I'm the most amazing person here. Do you know if you did it this way, it'd be so much better than that way you're doing it now? You are so stupid. We talk like that all the time. We put other people down. We try to want people in the room to notice us. We talk about our great accolades. We talk about how great we are. We talk about how good we're doing. That's not love. It is not irritable or resentful. Dang. That's where I blow it sometimes. Didn't get a lot of sleep last night, and you wake up the next day, and we're just a bit grouchy. Those are tough days, aren't they? Anybody wake up grouchy in the room? Yeah, wake up grouchy. Grouchy and stank breath and dirty hair at the same time. Not a good day. Not a good day. 
It's hard to love, but we're still called to love. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. No, we're not celebrating when bad things happen to other people. We're not celebrating when people are doing unhelpful or bad things. We're not cheering that on. We celebrate with the truth. Series of videos going around all over social media of teenagers like yourself beating up other teenagers and people cheering them on. How can that be love? If you want to see people fight, go watch the real people fight at the UFC. <laughs> that's some real fighting there. And that's okay because they both agree to it. I love the UFC. Shh. Um, but this beating and abusing each other and then we're cheering it and we're celebrating it. And then we watch the videos over and over again on social media. That's not love. But yet the people that hurt you, wouldn't it be great, if we're honest in our hearts sometimes, the ones that have hurt you the most, wouldn't it be great to see a video of them getting beat up? We probably want that some days. Just one bad thing, not just one bad thing happened to them. That's not love. It rejoices with truth. So Adam, but how do I get past that? How do I get past and actually love like Jesus loved? How did Jesus... Get past the fact that Judas and Peter, two of his own disciples, betrayed him at the very end. Jesus had this wonderful thing which he gives to all of us freely. It's called grace. And he didn't see them the way they were. He saw them what I call through the eyes of grace. The fact that, that when he died and his blood was shed, when he came back to life, that all sin would be erased for all mankind if they followed and accepted Jesus. They accepted his sacrifice. That all your sin would be washed away. And Jesus had this amazing ability to see people on the other side of the cross. On the other side of the death, burial, and resurrection. On the other side of him dying and shedding his blood for their sin. He saw them in that position of life going, when they get there, all of this ugliness is gone. I can't see it any longer. Because my blood's cleaned them and washed them. Made them clean. So when you have people in your life that hurt you. When you have friends that probably irritate the heck out of you, you're disgusted with them. You may not want anything to do with them, and that's okay. I'm not saying go run back to those friendships, but I am saying see them through the eyes of grace. How does Jesus see them on the other side of the cross? Day and night. Yep, do it day and night. See them that way day and night. Perfect. 24-7. See them that way. Because when you see somebody that way, the way you respond to them, the way you engage them is different, isn't it? The way you love them is different. And you know who you are. You're the ones back talking. You're the ones talking behind people's back, gossiping, telling people's stories which aren't true, lying about them, blowing up things to make it worse than what it really is because you're trying to make yourself feel a little bit better. You're trying to get people to love you. And Jesus says, I already love you. I love you as you are. And before you even see other people through the eyes of grace, you've got to see yourself through his eyes of grace. That all the stuff you've done, all the stuff you're doing is washed away. That if you choose to follow Jesus, his grace can wash you and all of it goes away. He doesn't see you that way any longer. He sees you as pure and holy. Even if you keep doing some of that stupid stuff, as you grow and develop, he says, it's gone. It's washed away. I don't see you that way. I see you through eyes of grace. I want you to see yourself through eyes of grace. Let's be honest. How many of us can stand in the room? There's a few of us who probably can. I'm not talking to you. 
But most of us may struggle to stand in the room or to stand in the bathroom, look in the mirror, and tell that person in the mirror, I love you. Now, some of you dudes are like, I got no problem. I love you. Boy, you sexy. You own it, buddy. I look at you. Okay? I'm not talking about that kind of love, right? Okay? (laughs) But really look at that person in the mirror and say, I love that person. I love who they are. I love how they behave. I love what they do. I love who their friends are. I love you. Because we struggle to see ourselves through eyes of grace. And you beat yourself up. You don't have the right friends. You don't have the right clothes. You don't have the right grades. You don't have the right home. You're not in the right school. You're not in the right grouping of people at school. Whatever it is. And some of you don't get in the right group of people, so you go to the exact opposite fringe group of people because that gives you the kind of identity you want. So at least there's somebody there. Yeah, that's right. We're going to be the, re- we're going to be the ones that are rebellious. We're not going to be like those goody-two-shoe people. Yeah, you're doing the same thing. You're just forming this other identity outside of Jesus, away from Jesus. You're still trying to be cool and be loved by everybody. I'm not talking about being the goody two-shoes or the jocks or the brainy people or the dark people. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about being people, students who love Jesus. And that's Jesus love them. Now, how does that change a guy-girl relationship? When Jesus is the focus, Jesus is the priority, how does it change how you engage each other? How does it change the way we view love? See, my trust in our marriage, the fact that we've been married now almost 22 years, 23 years, something like that. Yep. <laughs> the, 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 23 this year. 23 this year. Yeah, 23 this year. But my hope in keeping this marriage whole and healthy is not in Vanessa. And her hope in keeping this marriage whole and healthy is not in me because we blow it. I wake up, I'm irritable and grumpy. Van hurts her back, she's irritable and grumpy. The dog barks too much, we're both irritable and grumpy. (laughs) Our hope is in Jesus. In fact, even when we are irritable and grumpy, he's going to speak to me. You know what? I need to apologize to her. I was grumpy today. He holds me in check because he's in my car and we're driving together. He's got his driver's license. He's not singing that song, I'm driving through your neighborhood, I'm all alone. He's like, we're in the neighborhood, Adam, let's hit it, yeah. <laughs> let's bounce this car, come on. Because I know he's here with me. We're doing life together. My challenge to you tonight is this, in this week of love, where everybody's going crazy over love, is stop spending so much money, it's ridiculous. Invest that money, be better off, Okay. Stop spending so much money on the stuff we call love, which you didn't really love anyway, and invest some time, effort, and energy into seeing others through the eyes of grace and seeing yourself through the eyes of grace. If you need help with that, in our small groups tonight, we're going to look at this in our small groups tonight. We're going to talk about the friendships you've got, the relationships you've got. How do you navigate this? How do you do this well? If you are dating, open up. Hey, I am dating. How do I do this well? How do I engage this space well? Keep Jesus at the center. Keep Jesus holding us tight. I want to encourage you to be open and honest tonight. If you've been hurt and you're struggling with bitterness and anger and sadness because you're hurt, I get it. We get it. Open up in those small groups tonight and tell somebody. Let us help you navigate through that. I'm not talking about denying the emotions. The emotions are real. It's okay. Let's help you get through that space so you can love those people that hurt you and hopefully see them engage Jesus well someday.
And if there's somebody in this room who you call a friend, and you've been hurt by them, or you're the one hurting, can I encourage you before you leave this room tonight, before you leave this building tonight, go to that person and say, hey, listen, we need to work some things out. I was hurt. Oh, we need to work some things out. I hurt you. I'm sorry. And let's love Jesus well so we love others well. Can we stand up, please? Can I get the worship team up here? We're going to do a response song now. The point of the response song is to respond. We love you, Riley. We love you. Even in your failures, we love you, buddy. The point of the response song is to respond, right? So maybe you need to find some people in this room while we're singing the song and say, you know what, I need to ask your forgiveness. Or you need to go to that person and say, you know what, you hurt me. Can we work this out? Or maybe you need to spend some time just worshiping and saying, Jesus, help me see these people in my life through your eyes of grace. I can't do it. It hurts too much. Help me see them. Help me see my mom or my dad or my brother and sister, my friend, the people that hurt you in life the most. Help me see them through your eyes of grace. That's the response tonight. Okay? You're welcome to come up and worship if you want. Come on down front. How you need to do it. Jesus, we... Uh, Jesus, we say that we love you tonight. Jesus, we ask that you would move in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we move, move in our hearts that you bring peace into our lives tonight. Wherever we be hurt or broken, you bring peace tonight. We also ask that we wouldn't do life alone any longer. I pray specifically tonight for students who are going through life that are in this room tonight that are alone that are hurting, and they're doing everything to get all the attention they can. I pray tonight, Jesus, will be the night they meet you. They would no longer drive through life by themselves. And Father, I pray tonight, there may be some in this room that were driving with you and they've jumped out of the car. I pray that tonight will be a night they return to you. That this night will be a night of loving will worshiping you, Jesus, of mending relationships.